0: Hello and welcome to the 42 Rugby Show in association with Cadbury Boost. We're here in Buskers in Dublin today, and we're delighted to be joined by Ireland and Leinster hooker Sean Cronin. While well, Joe Schmidt's Ireland got their Six Nations campaign back on track. With a resounding nine-try win over Italy and Rome on Saturday and in this episode we're going to dive into some of the detail of the victory that Joe Schmidt would have been pleased with. We'll talk about the detail around the ball carrier after the tackle on the ground, we'll look at their forwards passing the ball and we'll also talk about the detail in the set-piece attack. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. The last time we saw you on the pitch was, was the start of January, uh, that unfortunately timed hamstring injury against Zebra. How's the rehab going and when do you hope to be back?
1: Going well and kind of hitting all my targets every week, and um, that's the pleasing thing when you come in and you have those little targets to hit j- during the week, and um, hopefully looking to shave a couple of weeks after return to play uh, with everything going well. So fingers crossed.
0: What kind of what's the experience like watching Ireland? I guess especially when Rory gets ruled out at a late stage, and you think well, that would be me starting. What, what was it like watching for you? Ah, look, it was. It would have. I was hoping I was going to be involved in, in back in January
1: and. Um, that's just the way that things go sometimes. And Niall got his opportunity yesterday and played really well. And, and James came off the bench as well. So um, it's an area of strength
0: for us now at the moment going forward. And uh, you know it'll be interesting to uh, see who gets selected going forward. It would be great to see you back eventually. Before we talk about their performance, I just want to ask you about some of the breaking news this morning. John Gibbs has been named as the, the Ulster head coach for two seasons, starting from the summer. You obviously would worked for him back in his kind of last couple of years at Leinster. Got a good appointment for Ulster, you think? Oh yeah, fantastic uh, appointment. I heard a few uh,
1: rumours over the weekend that he was uh, going to be going in there, and uh, it's a great appointment for Ulster. Um, uh, real top quality coach, huge pedigree, and um, I got on really well when I was uh, when he was in Leinster, and hoping uh, you know every su- success for him.
0: What well, what are his strengths as a as a coach? Do you think?
1: Um, just uh, very detailed, you know, working under Joe when he was here. Uh, with Leinster but was very detailed, uh, very thorough and uh, look, he knows what he wants and he's, he's, he's tough on players and, but uh, he gets results so
0: um, hopefully they don't do too well next year when they're playing us but uh, it'll be interesting to, to meet him again. Yeah, interesting to see what kind of lineup moves they use against you guys you exactly. might recognise some of them. In terms of Ireland' performance, um, 63-10 win pretty uh, facile in the end but uh, certainly some, some exceptional play from Ireland in, in, in scoring those nine tries. When Joe Schmidt reflects on that when they get into camp on Wednesday, they're going up to Monon for for a, a three day camp on a break at the moment. How do you think he's going to review that performance?
1: Um, I, I think he's going to probably try and take the lads down a couple mm-hmm. of pegs. Uh, look, he, he probably looked for a fast start, and that's exactly what they gave him uh, compared to the Scotland game. They came out of the blocks firing and uh, got a few early tries on the board and uh, uh, never really let up after that. So that'll be the pleasing aspect. They kept going for the 80 minutes. Um, like you said, you know, Rory missed the game, and Niall came in and played r- really well. And guys came off the bench, added impact as well. And there was no drop off in the performance over the eighty minutes, which he'll be pleased with. And uh, I'm sure going through the game, there'll be areas of the of the performance that he'd he'd like to maybe taper here and there. Um, Maybe looking at the defence, I'd say Andy Farrell be far more happier, some of the line speed and intensity there was, was fantastic and, uh, again, didn't let up for the 80 minutes, which was
0: really pleasing to see. Yeah, certainly those, is, those slight issues in defence from the Scotland game were resolved. You, you saw guys fold around the corner really well. Spacing was really good. And Gary Ringrose in particular then got the chance to go up and make those, those hits. But, but in terms of Ireland learning much from the game, it, it's hard because... Italy obviously weren't the strongest opposition, I think Conor O'Shea has, has a huge job in his hands. Maybe the set piece was one thing where Ireland did learn a little bit about themselves? Um, yeah, it was. I think they backed the, up the performance from the
1: Scotland game in terms of the scrum, uh, put Italy under a lot of pressure in the early exchanges there. Uh, line-out went really well again, just maybe back to basics of focusing on, on winning the ball and uh, uh, just getting the platform in order to play and, and, get, and get the ball into the back's hands, uh, which got us into the game. And uh, there was two. There were two uh, really good areas of the game
0: that uh, they can go and work on going forward. Yeah, lots of l- nice little details to, to Ireland's win. And we're going to talk about one now in terms of the ball carrier um, on the deck after they've been tackled. This is the kind of thing that Joe Schmidt probably does place a lot of emphasis on in terms of getting this right, making life easier for everyone. The example we have here is, is Robbie Henshaw after that lovely one-handed uh, offload from Jamie Heaslip. And this is in the build-up to CJ Sanders' try in the left corner. Um, and in this example, Henshaw has gotten over the gain line. We see him here, he's been tackled, moving forward with, with quite a lot of momentum. But you know, there's a clear turnover threat there from Maxime Mbanda. He's over the ball. Uh, Robbie Henshaw's a little bit isolated I say because he's made such a bust. Uh, Keith Earls is going to be the first guy arriving in. Um, so Henshaw's in this position here in our second shot. And I think a, a lot of players would probably try and present in that position. You know, they're on the ground, they've been tackled, there's not much I can do. But if he does present there, then Mbanda is obviously in a, in, a, in a superb position to, to jackal or to grab Henshaw and just lock onto that ball. So, what Robbie does is, is really clever. He actually rolls towards Maxime Mbanda. Um, and, and that's going to buy a couple of seconds or even just a split second for Keith Earls. And it also means that Maxime probably can't get onto the ball and, uh, and lock on in that jackal position. So, that Keith Earls does have the time to arrive in. We see him just arriving here. And he's going to drive the Italian player off the ball. And Robbie Henshaw finishes up on the bottom right, we see him here. A lovely clean present, long body, um, yeah. and it's clean ball for Ireland. Earls is smashed and banned away off the ball, and they can play away. A couple of phases later, standard goes over. I mean, what are the demands that, that Joe Schmidt places in this area? Is it a consistent thing that he's looking for with his players?
1: Yeah, well, you can see from the from the first image there, this is the kind of detail that separates the the, the good players from the you know really, really good players, is the, the level of detail here that Robbie knows I need to buy my clean, my uh cleanout guys coming here for an extra second does an extra roll on the ground buys the, the 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 guys coming in that extra second to get him and provide really really good quick ball but that's the kind of detail that they drive in camp is the is the you know finish the best way you can fight in the ground finish well long body place the ball and uh you know, that's a massive thing that's driven in camp and you can see there that the
0: guy's coming in and it's excellent ball away from the back of the ruck. Yeah, because we saw a few turn- quite a few turnovers against Scotland um, and a lot of us probably tend to focus on their first man into the ruck but I guess this is where it starts for Joe. Yeah, exactly, and, and again, that's why it's driven so, so much,
1: and it's, a, it's, a, it's an aspect of the detail that's uh, looked at very closely. It's not just the, the cleaners coming in, arriving at the ruck. Yes, they've got to get their body position right and their height down, but it's also the guys fighting the floor, giving them the best level of access to come into that ruck. Will that be picked yeah. out in a, in a review if you yeah. don't yeah. maybe get, get that actually. extra...? It's yeah. something that you'd be thinking about it. Uh, if, you get, if, if, you, if you got turned over, you know, you'd know, you be uh, expecting them <laughs> to see it on a Monday morning.
0: Is, like, Is There's there a fine fun, line yeah. there? because? Obviously, the ball carrier is supposed to release when he gets on the ground. Is there a nice balance that you have to find, maybe, between actually letting the ball go and holding
1: on? Well, again, this is another area where analysing the referee the week of a test game will come into into play. You know, different uh, referees would have different interpretations of how long they'd give you on the ground in terms of how many rolls, if you want to hold it for a sec, then place. So, again, maybe they looked at Glenn Jackson and saw he he gives you that extra second on the ground, and that's why... uh, you know, again, it's the level of analysis and detail that lads go into, and uh, it's reaping rewards on the pitch.
0: Yeah, like We hear so much about those reviews and how intimidating they can be. Is this the kind of little thing that Joe picks out in that team review, or does he focus on, on bigger issues, maybe? Um, like I was saying, it's a massive area, so yeah, it would be,
1: if you're seen not to be fighting hard enough on the ground, if you just flop and you die, die with the ball in your arms, are you giving the guys coming in the best uh, effort that you can to, 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 to get the ball back? So that would be a big area, along with other aspects of like I said, getting your body height down, getting the shoulder on and uh, removing the threat. So it's, 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 it's all aspects of the ruck.
0: Yeah, because we talk so much about game plan and tactics, but often you're, you're coming back, no matter what a, what a team's game plan is, if you're not doing those kind of basic core elements of the game well, then, then you're, you're not going to be going anywhere. You can't actually use your tactical shape or whatever whatever you have laid out. So yeah, it was really interesting to see that kind of good detail from Marlon's play. Another aspect of the tack we wanted to talk a little bit about was um, the passing from some of their forwards um, obviously there's been accusations you know Ireland don't play any rugby over the last couple of years and, and Joe's defended it saying you know we do try and play when we can. Against a team like Italy you probably get more chance and scope to, to hit wider channels or, or to go out the back door and, and use your, your forwards as passers not just those, those big ball carriers we've seen. Now having said that they, st- they still do rack up huge numbers like CJ I think hit 22 carries again uh, on Saturday but, but we see some of the passing numbers from the forwards here. Jamie Heaslip with 10 passes, CJ Sander with nine, and, and Sean O'Brien with seven. Even Keane Healy, not known for his passing game, but a bit of a playmaker with three passes. That, that side of Ireland's game, is, is that something that has always been there and maybe just suits certain game plans, do you think? Um, well, those numbers, first off, don't really shock me in terms of, especially
1: with Jamie, his fantastic hands, great feet, um, and you saw that the weekend. Um, obviously, CJ is an incredible ball carrier and, nine and a half times out of ten he's he's gone over the gain line anyway. So it was really pleasing to see the mix-up in terms of both the carry and uh, you know these little subtle tip-ons to get guys coming onto the line of pace or playing out the back um, in order to get our second wave of of attack into play. Um, So it was a great variation and um, look, you can say that Italy, uh, their defensive uh, line wasn't great and they weren't bringing much to to the party there but you know, Ireland can only play who was in front of them, and I thought they executed really, really well. Yeah, we're going to just look at a,
0: a couple of those examples um, of Donica Ryan in, in this instance passing the ball at the back. Um, we can see Donica is on the ball just here, uh, just here. Um, and normally in this position, I, I guess a lot of opposition teams expect Ireland to carry up. You can actually see those forwards really kind of condensing and collapsing there. But um, Rob Kearney is showing out the back door, uh, and Donica he actually flings that pass out the back. How much of it is, is actually down to that guy, yeah. Rob Carney, in this position, giving a forward the right kind of information? Yeah, this is, this is crucial. Um, you know, like you can see Sean, he's running a very
1: NFL-type block there as well. Um, but yeah, Rob, Rob's communication here is the, is the most crucial aspect. He's obviously spoken in well to, to, to Doneka Ryan. Doneka has shaped, you know, to, to, to fake the little tip on to Tyghe. And then giving the pass out the back, um, you know, it looks like an easy enough skill, but when you got the full Italian line coming at you there, um, it's a tough skill to execute and um, worked out very well.
0: And, and again, it's, a, it's about Rob's talk here was, was, a, was a catalyst for it being successful. Yeah, because we, we do we focus so much on the Irish forwards as big ball carriers, but how much, even for you as an individual, say, does it to add to your game to have that? A threat, maybe when it when a defender is looking at you, or a defensive system is looking
1: at you. Yeah, it's the you know the the, the top quality players can can shimmy their body uh, to look like they're giving the tip on, or, or or either step and go themselves. See, this this is where you bring all the array of stuff into your game, um, or else then give the pass. Um, all the top quality players can do that now, and that's what the coaches look for you uh, is to give the tip on, maybe go yourself, or give that. You know, it's a 10 metre pass in that um, example
0: there. Yeah, we did actually want to just look at a second example of it uh, from Ireland. Uh, this time it's actually Devon Toner on, on, on the ball. He's um, inside the 22, and again, this has been a big area of discussion around, around Ireland's game. What they do in the 22 is it just all one out. This is a really good example of still using a, a, a really strong ball carrier, but maybe again in a different position to uh, what the opposition defence is actually uh, expecting. We have Devon Toner just on the ball here and you have Naus Ganel uh, running that hard line on his outside shoulder again. You talk about that tip on pass, so there's an option there. But then just out the back door, we have uh, Paddy Jackson again. He's giving that information to, to uh, Devon Toner and, and giving him the option. Um, and then outside Paddy Jackson, what you eventually get is Jamie Heasup coming onto the ball on, on a really hard line. Um, you can actually see that Simone Favaro who does like to blast out of the line. And actually, CJ Sander, for his third try, took advantage of it really well. Mm. Really good analysis. You can see he's getting up ahead of the line. He wants to come up and smash someone. That's his, basically his whole game. And when he does smash it, I can imagine how sore that is. But, it, but it's really clever from Ireland again, just shifting that point of contact, I think, and maybe adding a little bit of variety to their 22. What I guess I wanted to ask you is, is doing something like this against a team like Italy, with all respect to them who weren't at their, just weren't at the races really, really on Saturday, does that, that maybe allow you to, to build confidence in this kind of pattern and, and, and tactic ahead of a, maybe a bigger game, a tougher test? Yeah, look, going forward, we know that in a couple of weeks' time against the French, it's got to be
1: a huge step up in in, in, uh, in intensity and, and what they're going to bring to the table. But uh, the weekend was a perfect opportunity to try this kind of stuff, and I thought they did it very well uh, in terms of looking to play a different type of system in the 22. Um, like, what I call this is they have the two wave of attack here. You got. Dev with the option of the tip on, or out the back to Paddy with the hard runner coming, or again, gone out the back again to Gary who looks like he's talking there, so these are all the different options that, as you can see from the image, that Ireland were looking to bring into their game on, um, on the weekend, which was, was, huge, was hugely pleasing to see, it's a massive variation in, in the attack and play. Yeah,
0: it's, it's certainly exciting, and again, you don't want to get carried away about an the game, but I guess what have, what have you made inside camp, or in previous years, when there has been all that talk about Ireland's style of play? I mean, the impression has always been that it changes quite a bit for a different opposition. What's do, do you, do you get, get affected by that at all, or do you think, oh, maybe we maybe should be passing the ball a bit more? No,
1: no. This this kind of stuff is we, we know that what the coaches are are, are driving down is, is is what is what we want to do, and it's got to be successful, is, is successful for successful first, and you can't really argue. It's been pretty successful the last few years with Ireland, um, but uh, no, it doesn't look. We're pretty the lads will be pretty confident in knowing that there's a there's a game plan there, and it's there for a reason, and if you follow it to the T, then ho- hopefully we'll come out on the right side of the results. Yeah.
0: Based, Based on what you've seen of, of France, France so France, far in this tournament, how do you see yeah. that g- game kind of shaping, shaping up? Um, oh, it's, it's got to be incredibly physical. Um, they seem to
1: be gelling a lot better than they have in, in the last few years. Uh, Guy seems to have got a bit of a hand on them. Um, again, I still think that they're small but sloppy in terms of their offloading is pretty crazy at times in terms of just turning the ball over and you're they're kind of scratching their head, saying if they just held on to the ball a bit more with the size and power that they have. But I think that um, with the variation in our game, our mall our scrum are going very well.
0: Um, it's got to be a really, really tight game, but I think that I think that we have enough for them at home. Yeah, well, we wanted to actually to talk about Ireland's um, set-piece attack and some of the kind of pre-programmed moves they, they, they tend to use in attack. Again, something that I think works well, quite well against the French side when they have that maybe sense of disorganisation or... A couple of phases in they just lose track of their, their defensive positioning and um, we've got an example again from the italy game and um, this is a move we've seen from ireland a couple of times actually they scored against canada in the world cup with this move and um, don't want you give it any secrets so i'm just going to run through it here uh they they play off a off a line out to this far rook and um, rob carney carries the ball in he gets sean o'brien and gary ringrose and jamie Heesip. their roles are to actually resource that rock um, and you get simon zebo playing scrum half, to find Conor Murray, who's in this first receiver position here. So that's the first little bit of the move. Uh, we, we move on to our second uh, part of the side here. And Paddy Jackson's on the ball just here. Uh, he, he runs a loop play off CJ Sander again. These two players know exactly their role. Uh, Jackson takes the ball again uh, from Sander, and he sends a screen pass here to Robbie Henshaw. Uh, and eventually, Ireland work to that outside edge, and Henshaw has got... Earls, Keane Healy, probably hoping to get the ball in a bit of space on the wing and botch over someone. Um, and also Tyke like Furlong. you've also got Conor Murray up ahead of the ball there, expecting a line break, which is really positive to see from, from an Irish player. You don't often see the, them get ahead of the ball to that extent, but it's an example of how detailed some of the Irish attack is. Like When you're going into a game a, as an Irish player, do you have countless moves like this in your head, or are there specific ones that you've picked out for, for, for a specific opponent? Yeah, it changes it changes uh, week to week and in terms of who the opposition
1: are. But you no, know, I'll have to speak in cold word here, don't be giving too much away. <laughs> but this this is just all about manipulation and you can see the amount of runners that they have here and in terms of trying to get the Italians to look in, uh maybe if they bite the screen pass there on image three, we go out the back. Um, and then we manage to get space on the edge. And like you said, you got you got Keen Haley and Ty Furlang on the wings there. It's every every prop stream is to get into that five <laughs> meter channel with a with a, a clear, uh, a clear uh, uh, field in front of you. But uh, like I said, it's about manipulation. It's about trying to get guys to bite in and then have different options on whether to play front or out the back. Um, it's a pretty simple move, but uh, it can be very, very effective.
0: Yeah, there is quite a bit of detail. We've set it up on the board here, actually. And it's interesting you mentioned those, those kind of different options and what Ireland can do. Like those, those first two screen players, Devin Toner and Donika Ryan here playing they're off Conor Murray, like they're, they're really viable options, aren't they? I think yeah. Joe often so stresses, stresses that, that or we get the impression that he does that, that even that, that animation, animation or actually, actually being digestible. a genuine target yeah well exactly um
1: you know if you're not an, uh, animating properly and you don't sit someone down or at least hold them for a split second then you're not doing your job properly and then you know these guys here can just fade out the back and push by it yeah so um yeah like like you said earlier on it's about roles and ad- and like i was saying about trying to manipulate them so if these guys here are running their their roles properly to get these two guys to sit down yeah. By that
0: extra second, and then this creates the space on the outside. Yeah, even in this example, actually, no, Scandal does a really good job. He, he gets up into the line. He's ahead of the ball, but he's just, just creating that kind of distraction so that when Italy do t- try to drift, there's just a little bit of a block on them. Uh, really important little detail. Um, and I just was a little bit disappointed he didn't get the ball. It happened in the World Cup, and I think Mike Ross was out there, and you could see him screaming for the ball, but it, it just didn't arrive. I thought it was his chance. <laughs> yeah, an exciting moment for a pop, but but. When those, when those moves do work, and in, in this example it did work well, Keith Earle's got the ball, it was a four on two, he stepped back inside and he actually linked up with Conor Murray in behind the line with an offload. Um, and a couple of phases later, CJ Sanders scores his hat-trick. So it's a brilliant launch into, into the, the phase attack for Ireland. But when, when one of those move, moves does work as a pair, I was wondering, I suppose, what's the... What's the the confidence confidence boost of that? Or what's the belief belief level it creates
1: in in the team? Um, I suppose it's just, as you can see, they ended up scoring a a fantastic try from CJ through it. And, yeah, it gives you a a good lift and um, it gives you the kind of confidence at least you know what you're doing is is right. And uh, I'm sure Joe and the coaching staff are are giving themselves a little pass in the back (laughs) as well. Uh, Like, the crucial thing here is to to get the ball to Erlsey's hands in in, in space. He's some of the best feet out there. And the pace and acceleration he has, he got through the gap, linked up with his teammate Connor again. Another really good part of that was the, the playing together week in, week out. Connor could probably send you know, I know he's probably chasing the rock here in the far side, saw Keith getting in his hands new, the offload would of be on, he get his hands free. You know, it's the fact that the two of them play they, they know each other so well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that kind of getting Keith uh, Earl's space to, to go on a one on one because it's it's so, so rare, rare you really get an overlap. There were a few examples back, obviously against Italy when they got disorganized in defence. There was another set piece play off a of scrum where um, uh, Jackson switched with Ringrose and they went back down the blind side and Simon Zebo was in a perfect one-on-one one, made some brilliant ground by beating the blind side flanker so just really positive to see that, see that kind of a, a, attack from Ireland and, and certainly we'll, ho- we'll hope to see a bit more of that against France and um, it has obviously been a, like an absorbing championship so far I was wondering what your impression of the overall quality was because even on Saturday night that England-Wales game was just a brilliant test match, wasn't
1: it? Mm, yeah, that was that was proper proper Six Nations intensity. Uh, you know they always have fan- They've served up some fantastic games in the in the in Cardiff in the last number of years. Um, I think the the games have been fantastic so far. Um, Saw so Scotland and France went down to the wire uh, last ten minutes as well. Um, so it's 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 shaping up to be a really really interesting championship. Um, you know, a lot of people speaking about going down to the last day in the Aviva, um, you know, what occasion that would be. So, um, hoping, hoping Ireland can, can do well against France and Wales again on a Friday night over there could be a very, very tough test as well. Um, but again, look, the, week, the win at the weekend there will, will only do us confidence and know that we're going in the right direction and hopefully shape us well for, for those crucial games coming up. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think after the Scotland game, as is the tendency, it was pure dejection and despondency, but... That losing bonus point leaves Ireland with the bonus point in Italy as well, second in the table. Um, they may need another bonus point, I think, in, in one of those wins. I don't know if France or Wales are going to give that up, but God, we'd love to see it come down to that, to that last day. Uh, we're going to take a couple of questions, Sean, um, from Niall Burns on Facebook. He said, should there be a regulation reducing the situation where other countries progress into the six nations? I think he's talking about um, promotion and relegation. Do you think that should be maybe brought in? Yeah, I I think my uh, my opinion has
1: definitely been changed over the weekend. There, uh, I I, uh, Italy were just so so disappointing, and and you're you're just wondering what, you know. I I know Connor Shea's taking on a lot of admiration for for Connor as a coach, and I just think you know what are they bringing to the table now? Getting getting spanked by sixty points, and mm. um, I suppose we'll really have to tell about how they go in the next few games. But um, would it be interesting to see the likes of a Georgia or? Yeah. Canada or someone like that coming into the competition and having that bit of extra uh, bite to the to the championship with the promotion relegation Be interesting.
0: You fancy a trip to Tbilisi? To Tough, Tough away match. match. I love it. I love it there. Yeah, yeah. it was inter- it was interesting though that one of the six nations um, um Organising committee was was talking about that fixture a possible match between Italy and, and Georgia and they actually they want to avoid that situation because you know if Georgia beat Italy in a one-off match then it, the claims are massively strengthened. Um, I think it would be interesting to see, and I think Roby probably has a responsibility to, to keep growing and, and adding new, new superpowers or adding countries that, that come up into that top 10 kind of bracket. Uh, I saw Germany actually had a big win against Romania yeah. at the weekend. Great to see that kind of stuff, and I, I don't think we should ever just close off that kind of that door and say, no, you, you know, this is the elite, we're gonna, we're gonna keep it that way. We have another question, this is from Paul Murphy. He says, yes, has the, the bonus, bonus point, point system, system had an effect on tactics and games? What do you think,
1: Sean? I think it has. I think there was, uh, you know, you could see early doors that Ireland were going uh, hell bent and getting that bonus. They were kicking to the corner, chasing that bonus early, taking no chances at the weekend. Um, you know, every, every mindset that the team went out is to get the win, and, and, and first and foremost. And then, you know, after 40, 50 minutes, you're probably reassessing the leadership uh, group within in the team is, is, is you know if it's on the cards making the crucial decisions at that time in the game So I'd say it's more of an in-game tactical uh, Decision more than set f-
0: uh, Setting the week up going after the bonus point. It's more in the game. I'd say yeah That's a really good coaching message Is it like we're going, we're no. going for the bonus no. point this week um, it'll be interesting to see again Because I think that's gonna have a massive effect on the overall championship You know you might get um, England coming into the last weekend only needing a losing bonus point. It w- will be a bizarre situation it will be a strange be way a Hopefully not yeah. for a team to win a championship. <laughs> but, but we'll see what happens. That's, that's all we have time for, unfortunately. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. And thanks so much to everyone for tuning in. We'll be back next week to look ahead to Ireland's first home game of the championship against France in Dublin. We'll catch you then. <laughs>